Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone is well. Today, I am sharing a conversation I had with one of my good friends, Joanna Fowler. I believe Joanna has been on the podcast two times, maybe even three times, but I know this conversation is my favorite. Now, you may know Joanna from her YouTube channel or her popular blog, Nesting Story, where she shares all things navigating motherhood. And actually, you may have seen her pop up on my stories over the years because pre-COVID, Joanna and I attended some blogging conferences together and always had a really good time. Like those were the days, the pre-COVID conferences, pre-COVID events. Now, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but just kind of popped in my head. I will say that going to those conferences and going to events with people who are creating content online and growing online brands, it was such a game changer for me. I learned so much. And basically, I learned that I could do this for a living. I could create a business with my passion, doing what I love. And I'm just having a moment. I miss all of that so, so much. So I guess the take home from that off-topic-ness is that if you have a passion or a side hustle or even a business and you don't know a lot of people in your life or don't have a lot of people in your life who are in the same space, find those people. Find them online. Go to the events. There's so much power and inspiration to be found in community. Anyway, totally off topic. Back to Joanna. Joanna is a mom of four. She has twins. She's a hell of an entrepreneur. And in this episode, we dive into what life looks like for Joanna after her divorce. We talk about solo parenting. We talk about dating after divorce, finding strength in the hard stuff, reinventing yourself post-divorce, self-care and solo parenting. We talk about where our heads are at and sharing our life online in our mid to late 30s. And Joanna also shares some raw insight for stepmoms who struggle because their stepkid's mom isn't interested in having a relationship. So the backstory on that is a few weeks ago, I brought that up on my Instagram stories. I had a stepmom who was struggling because she really wants to have a good relationship with her now husband's ex-wife, and the ex is like, yeah, that's a hard no thank you for me. And Joanna responded to that on Instagram. And in this episode, she shares why this may be. Now, I really enjoy getting perspectives from people who aren't stepmoms on the show, because I do think it's important to remember that we're all coming at these situations from different perspectives with different wounds and emotions and intentions. So this is a really great conversation. I'm just grateful that Joanna was able to open up and share a little bit about that with us. Now, as always, I love to connect with you over on Instagram. After you listen, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. 
hit me up on Instagram. You can connect with Joanna at Nesting Story and me over at, at Jamie Scrimger. Can't wait to hear what you think. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and stepfamily professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. Joanna, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you. I know. It's so good to see you too. I feel like, well, it has. It has literally been forever since we have been face-to-face. Yes. We used to hang out so much. I know. I think we tried recently, but it just, the stars did not align. <laughs> the stars did not align for sure. Life has just, do you feel like the older that you get, life is just like flying by? Yes, but I feel like the older... I get, and I'm about to turn 39, so I'm really like creeping up there. I feel like the older I get too, I'm craving a like simple, peaceful life. And I am learning to say no more and creating more space for like the simple joys in life, which is really quite lovely. I totally agree. I am aligned Mm -hmm. with that. Now we could just dive right into things, but there may be people who are listening who aren't familiar with you, haven't maybe listened to our past episodes. So Let's start with a little intro. Give us the lowdown. <laughs> okay. Ah, where do I start? Jeez. You would maybe know me from Nesting Story, which is a brand I started in 2013 as an interior designer, switched it to a parenting blog when I had surprise twins, which made it four kids. And um, it was just like this real honest space about parenting and multiples and having many kids but not losing yourself. And that really exploded. And it became uh, one of the top parenting blogs and then YouTube channels both in the U.S. and Canada. And so I was able to create a full-time business out of it. And then that trucked along for many years. And then in 2019, I separated. My husband and I separated, divorced for just coming up on a year. And my life is completely different. I've moved. My career's changed. And I'm in a great new relationship or a full newish. Now it's been a year and a half we've been together. And yeah, so now I still have Nasty Story and trying to figure out where that's going to go. But I recently launched the water cooler, which is kind of my new baby. And I launched it in partnership with my partner, Ben. And we have a great team. And it is a branding and digital strategy company and something that I've dabbled with for years and just decided, you know what, in this next chapter of life, I really want to put my creativity and everything into this passion I have and everything I've learned over the years. And so that's been going really well. 
social media management, branding, all that stuff. So that's what I've been working away on and a bit more behind the scenes, which is quite lovely. That doesn't surprise me at all because you've always talked about doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think you and I always love sitting and talking shop and growing an online brand and that kind of stuff. So good for you. That's so exciting. Did you feel like when you got divorced that you just had this urge to not share your life online as much anymore? Not immediately. It's been interesting. Immediately, like it was very quick. I was very quick to just like not ever mention my ex-husband's now name once I knew it was over. And I went on for quite a while, just removed him from the content and didn't announce anything for quite a while till I think like eight or 10 months until we had separated and things were kind of settled and thing. Well, the pandemic had started, so we didn't see that one coming, but, um, Nothing like yeah. a pandemic and a divorce in the same period of time, right? Yeah. And it was quite, <laughs> I've had quite the past two years and, you know, it was kind of a slow burn over the last two years where I've started to think I really want to become more private and my kids are getting much older. My two oldest are preteens quickly turning into teenagers and yeah, I just really wanted more of a private life. I really wanted to explore, like I'm such a businesswoman too, so that too. Mm-hmm. But it, it does, it has truthfully felt lately like nesting story is very intertwined with that old life. And I mm-hmm. think that is partly why I'm kind of like, I don't know how much I'm going to post on there or not. So I've told my network and people like, let's kind of regroup and reconnect in January and just see where my head is with that. Yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely yeah. been like a need to, since that chapter of my life ended to basically change everything for the fresh start, move, move my kids out of their schools, change my job. You know, like I really, I didn't think that initially, but then it it became pretty clear that I needed a real fresh start. And I think nesting story might be part of that too. Yeah, for sure. Cause your ex was part of your YouTube videos. Like you guys would do series yeah, and stuff together. It. Yeah. He'd be in it. And a lot of it was about, you know, marriage and family dynamic. And there was a lot of him in it. And I don't really feel like that same person anymore. And mm-hmm. I think I will show up in some form or another, probably more blogging with nesting story where it originated, but, um, it is definitely tied to that old, that old life. The old Joanna. So how do you think you have changed as a person since Divorce because I've actually had a bunch of friends get divorced in the last couple of years. I just feel like mm. actually all my friends were getting divorced. I was like, what is Are happening? They're like mid thirties. I feel like that's the age. Yeah, uh, mid thirties, mid to late thirties, getting divorced, and it's been interesting from a friend perspective mm-hmm. to watch them change, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think a divorce, especially, you know, without giving too many details, because I like to keep a lot of privacy around this, but mine was very kind of like bring it to the ground kind (laughs) of. And I definitely felt like it just completely stripped the old me away, like scooped me out. And I was a new person, definitely way more resilient, way more independent. You kind of live life through a very different filter. What do you, what do you notice from your friends? I'm curious. What's the common thread you see after divorce that changes? Well, I feel like friend groups change, right? So friend mm-hmm. groups change because you get into a new partner. And I think at the beginning, we're often like, oh, we'll still always be friends. We'll still like everything will be the same. But when you have a new partner come in or you have friends with people who were used to you as a couple, yeah, it just changes the dynamic and you you evolve as a person. Your values sometimes change. What you want to do on the weekend change, the type of people you want to surround yourself with and not in a bad way, just as in relationships change. When Darren and I first got together, 
he had friends that were kind of like, we never see you anymore, buddy. Like, what, where are you at? And they were kind of upset that relationships had changed with him. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not on purpose. It's life just changes though. And I really started to see that from a different perspective over the last couple of years when we've seen that with our friends. Yeah, definitely. I would say, okay, so I'm more, I'm like you, I'm a bit more of an introvert. So I wouldn't say I have like this massive group of friends that we would get together with as a couple. I have a lot of friends that I more just was friends with, but we did have a a few core couple friendships. And I think one of the weird things for me has been when they start talking about my ex-husband when my partner's there, like Ben's there. And so that's mm-hmm. been something that's been like, ugh, it's kind of weird. And I've, I've had to sometimes just shut down family members or whatever. I'm just like, I just don't want to talk about them. I think for me, the friendship thing, it's more just kind of like, I, and I think this is a lot to do with the pandemic. It's hard to see what was divorce, what's pandemic is mm-hmm. I've definitely found myself, like my capacity to be social is so much more limited. Like I definitely need way more quiet time and a lot, like I just can't pack in as much. So it's very hard to see which is which. And do you think that's because you've got to the point though, you're like, okay, I know what's important in life. Like that shakes you, right? I do think when you, when you're coming to like your mid to late thirties, you start to reevaluate things. I think there's a big push now being like, I'm not doing all the things I just feel like I should be doing. Like I need to want to do them. And there's that piece too. Whereas like, when you first get married, you feel like you need to have all the friends and you need to do all the things and do all the things with the kids. And like, I don't know. I feel like there is less pressure now just from the pandemic. And I do see that with my friends who are getting divorced and stuff. They're like, I'm just not doing that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I literally just had a therapy session this morning. We were talking about that. It's like this, just say no and not feeling like you need to fill all the time. And I think there was a lot of distraction going on and, you know, it's also your partner. Like I, I feel like, you know, hindsight, you see things differently and you're like, Oh, I think, you know, that marriage was not good for quite a while. And we were doing a lot of things separately where with Ben, who I'm such a good match with, it's like, we just like, like to spend a lot of time together, just the two of us doing simple things. And I don't feel like I need to be doing all these like big, exciting things as much anymore, or like, you know, all these big gatherings. And I definitely feel like, even though I can be very extroverted, that when I do do something like that, I need it in small doses. But I really am enjoying things more like going away for a weekend to somewhere like Niagara on the Lake or, you know, staying in and just like cooking and things like that. There's just this nice simplicity. But yeah, I do think that when you're married, it's funny, you know, I was with my ex since I was a teenager. And so, it's interesting how you have all these different variety of friendships and everything. And it's definitely been a change on the other side. Just not, you're right. Like not feeling like that pressure or anything. Like you're kind of just like, there's no more obligation. There's so many shoulds, right? Like this is the next thing. Like we're supposed to get married. We're supposed to have kids. We need to have this type of house. We could go on about this forever, but I think you get to the point where you realize that that's just all bullshit. And you know what's funny? So you just kind of, this is probably going to be interesting to a lot of people that listen to your podcast, is something that I found really interesting and had to work through a bit in this relationship is, so we have an interesting dynamic. We each have kids. He has one, I have four. And we, instead of merging, which we 
dabbled with and tried out, decided to live in houses very close together, but we have our own houses and it makes us pretty happy right now. And we'll re we've decided to just like reevaluate each year and see if that, if we want to transition into merging, but at the moment, moment it's great. But, um, something that's been interesting and something I've had to work through a bit is right now we've kind of just agreed that the way things are is great. So we're not really, you know, like I wouldn't rule out getting married and still living in separate houses, but that's just not on the immediate horizon. We have had the baby discussion. We are not having an ours baby and we're not right now moving in with each other. So it was a bit of a trip for me to kind of be like in a relationship that is this settled, peaceful place, but there's not this like big life event that we're kind of moving towards right now. And I've always lived like that. And so it, it kind of threw me for a little bit. And I had to kind of like take a second and be like, wait, this is okay. Like doesn't mean that it's any less of, it's just, it's just different. So that's been interesting. I love that. And you're going against the path that we feel like we're supposed to take, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's that path that kind of screws us up sometimes, right? Yes. Like that just pressure that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. If you can kind of like both honestly have discussions and communicate well and then say, you know, we don't really need those other things right now. And the focus is us. Like the focus and we're, you know, because we both co-parent, we do have a lot of kid free time. And so we take that time and make sure we're just like really feeding our relationship because it's really important for us to be in a successful relationship. What do you think that you've learned? You know, your new partner always gets a better version of you, right? You've learned lessons. You've, you've grown as a person. What do you think that you learned from your past that you've brought to this relationship? Ooh, I don't know about that. Like, okay. So they definitely have, he has this more like independent version of me, I would say in like, but at the same time, I think that the interesting thing about getting into a relationship this much later in the game and have already had kids and things is you do bring some things it's great. And then you can also bring some challenges. Like you do bring scars from your past relationships and Mm -hmm. things that might be very triggering for you that the person would have no idea and you can have an irrational reaction to. So it goes both ways in terms of the good things you bring from your last relationship. Yeah, I think it's mostly independence and just this kind of this knowing who I am confidence. I think that would be a huge one. And I think just this being ready for kind of like a settled life instead of looking for all excitement and more just like ready to gear down and be a couple. And I see that in you too, the way that you're, you know, setting up your home, you're doing things on your own, you're figuring this out. Like you really did, you were going to figure this shit out and you were going to be fine. And I love that. And I think we find ourselves in these situations where we're tested and Mm -hmm. we realize how strong we are and how much we can do on our own. And I love that life gives us those opportunities. All right. If you follow along on Instagram, you know, I love a good hoodie. I love a good plain shirt. I love a good plain sweater. I love a good neutral. I'm really about keeping it simple when it comes to my wardrobe. And I love to dress Reese the same. That's why I'm so pumped to partner with Austin Oaks. Guys, when I first had Reese, I struggled to find cute clothes for her because I felt like all of the girl clothes had unicorns and butterflies and sunshine and all those things on them, which is totally fine if that's your style, but again, I like to keep it simple. So when I stumbled upon Austin Oaks, I was sold. It's a unisex clothing line for everyone in your family. 
Austin Oaks items are designed and manufactured here in Canada, made from high-quality, ultra-soft bamboo cotton that is eco-friendly, sustainably sourced, and so freaking soft. Seriously, plain, solid, high-quality pieces for your whole crew. Personally, I am obsessed with their adult bamboo hoodie in ivory and the bamboo crew in gray. And I just ordered Reese the same. You should see the cute outfits that my sister Brett got my nephews. Guys, I can't tell you how obsessed I am with all of their pieces. Cool thing is Austin Oaks ships to both Canada and the US. I highly recommend checking them out. You can get all the information, go shop at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash Austin Oaks, and then use the code Jamie10 for 10% off your order. You're welcome. The other day I was writing an Instagram caption all about all the things that I wish I would have done when I first became a stepmom. The first thing on that list was to start going to therapy. If I could go back, I would have started personal therapy and couples therapy immediately. Now I have shared this in the past, but going to therapy truly changed my life. My only regret is that I wish I did it sooner. It gave me better understanding myself, my triggers, the stories I've been telling myself, It helped me with strategies to take care of myself and my anxiety, to achieve my goals and improve my relationships. Like I cannot recommend therapy enough. And that's why I'm so excited to share our newest sponsor of the podcast, BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is a professional counseling service done securely online. So no awkward waiting rooms, no driving to your appointment. Like you can have the call from the comfort of your own home. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can connect in a safe and private online environment and start communicating in under 48 hours. Not only can you schedule weekly video and phone sessions, but you can also send your counselor a message anytime and get a thoughtful and timely response. Now, finding the right counselor is key. It has to be a fit. And BetterHelp understands this and is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you feel like it's just not aligning. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional therapy and financial aid is available. It is available to clients worldwide. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, family matters, LGBTQ plus matters, grief, and self-esteem. So if you're ready to dive into therapy as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash stepmom. So join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash stepmom. I would love to talk about how things are going with the kids. So you are blending kids from two different households. Like it's not an easy thing to do and it's a huge transition. So how has that been going or what have you guys been doing to support them? We're not fully blending. Like that's well, the yeah, decision not blending, we but you've, yeah. brought, you've brought people in. Yes, we are in a way, but I think in a, uh, we're kind of breaking the mold and doing the two house thing. Yeah. And so it's been interesting and it's been great and it has its positives like anything would like, so I've thought about some of our friends who maybe are in a new relationship and they have their own kids, but maybe they're with a partner who doesn't have kids and it's very different. And so I think it's great because he is also a 
like we call ourselves solo parents. We're not single parents. We're together, but we are solo parents because we're in our own homes and we each have to grocery shop and we each have to mow the lawn. And, you know, so it's, we are still solo parenting, supporting each other, but there's days where all of our five kids are like the best of friends. And when it's time for them to go to their house, they're like, don't want to go. And then there's other times where there's an explosion and we're just like, oh my gosh, it's so exhausting. And his child is a preteen. And so I think because of her age and my two oldest age, we're kind of at this, it's even from when we first met, which has now been a year and a half, we've transitioned from having kind of more kids almost to like teens that have their own life. Mm -hmm. So there's not as much togetherness all the time as we did initially have, but it is nice because like we do these like family dinners and we'll do um, these pool nights at our gym and we like and different events and things like that, which is really, really fun. And they do kind of see each other. They do definitely see each other as siblings. And I adore his daughter. Like, like they we're very close with each of our kids and my kids just adore them too. So that's been great. It just has come with our challenges. And it's the other thing I would say is like, we each have our own parenting style and it is very different. Like one versus four is a very different animal. And so that's just something too, that we've had to kind of figure out and acknowledge, but it has played into the two house situation. My family can be, we can be a bit of a zoo. (laughs) Well, there's four. That's just, you just like Mm -hmm. come with a zoo. But I think this is really good. And I like that you're sharing this on here because I think going back to those shoulds, there's this pressure when you start dating someone with kids, when are you guys going to move in together? When are you guys going to, yeah, truly blend when you're going to do all those things. And you're saying, look, like you can have a meaningful, committed relationship and maybe have two separate houses, or this is a good way to deal with those different parenting styles Mm -hmm. because it's sometimes easy to do that when you're in two different homes and that kind of thing, because that's a huge challenge, right? People come in and the mom would be parenting her kids in one way and dad's parenting kids in the other way. And they have the kids are saying, well, why does, why do they get to do that? Or that's unfair. Or, it can be a, a real show. I think if our kids were younger or say if his was younger and I have my two younger ones, it would maybe be a different story. And we would have probably chosen to blend. But we do see the fact that our years with our oldest are kind of limited at this point. Like we're getting close. Maybe they won't move out, but like they're going to have their own lives soon. And we just want to give it a bit of time to kind of see what that would look like. The ages we are with those kids, and I'm kind of talking about the three oldest, the, the twins who are seven. I'm, it's different when they're young, that young. Um, but the three oldest is such a pivotal age and stage of life. And to just kind of keep that one-on-one time with Ben and his child and then and then mine with um, my kids, I think we recognize together that that was like a really, really important thing. Mm -hmm. That's very child-centered what you guys are doing too, right? And I think that's not always the norm. I think child-centered, but also very much about protecting our relationship because we, from kind of trying things out, could also see the stress that blending, and I've heard stories from people, I've talked to a lot of people about some of the stress that people can experience and to avoid bringing that stress into our relationship was also a conscious decision too. So it it goes both ways, but yes, it is definitely child-focused. Like it's very like, what is the best thing right now for them? What will keep our stress levels low generally? 
and then we'll just reassess each year and see where we'll go from here. But this is kind of like our stepping stone, which is going well. This is so good. I love this conversation because I think, you know, I've actually never had a conversation with someone who is in a relationship and living separately with their kids, but in this capacity. And I think it's so good. And I do think it's something that if it becomes normalized, it could be a really good option for a lot of families because so many people are struggling. I think it is becoming a thing because I had one of our one of our friends randomly sent me this TikTok and it was about this family, again, with many kids. I think it's a little bit different if they're all little or if there's not so many. And they had like a duplex and they purposely moved into this and had their two apartments. And we almost bought a property that had two houses on it. We've looked at a few other options of like kind of like a split home situation on the same property. And just right now we know this is the best situation, but I do think it is becoming an option because divorce rate too, for blended families and second marriages and things is high. And it's like in the seventies, I was already hit with like the twin statistic and I don't need, (laughs) I don't need another one. What's that? Oh yes. Multiples. I don't know what the number is, but I do know that multiples and is, has a very high it's just so stressful. It's a lot. Like yeah. I, it, it's a lot. So yeah, I do think it's a great, if you have the means and stuff to kind of, you know, we both already had our own places. So just to lo- locate, like it's a three minute drive near each other. And there were other reasons why we chose this location too, but it's really nice. I love it. I'd love to switch gears and chat about co-parenting because with divorce comes co-parenting, mm-hmm. the schedules and all the things that come with that. What's, how's that been? We're good now. We're good right now. We've had her. <laughs> we're, we're good, definitely to, we're good today. <laughs> today is a good going, day. We're good today and we're moving <laughs> in a good direction. I We've definitely had our challenges. And I think that like there was just a lot, you know, also like the pandemic added some stress and unique challenges that we didn't see coming. But we had some, you know, truthfully, we had some bubble pretty bumpy patches and then have got through that on the other side. And I would just say communication is really important. We tried to do the route where you literally only contact over like exchanging things or whichever. But I think having four, especially, it was just so challenging. And we have some kids who have some just more unique things that we need to support them with. And communication became really important. It's going in the right direction. I The kids reside with me most of the time, but we do have 50-50 custody. So we have joint decision-making. And there will be a day eventually where it will be 50-50 where they reside. Where We've already decided like it will be one week on, one week off eventually, which we're both good with. But yeah, it's going in a good direction. Like I said, I think the biggest thing was like we were kind of going through lawyers for a while and stuff and just to kind of like drop the ego, leave the past. Like that's a hard one. And that was something that I've really had to work on is like leave the past stuff in the past. And like I think partly because I have such an amazing relationship with Ben and I'm just so happy with my house and all these things that like and like where my life is going that I'm able to do that. Mm -hmm. But that was huge to not let that creep into every conversation because so quickly a conversation about like should we sign this kid up for this camp would turn into explosions, right? Because there needs to be rules of engagement, I think, right? And like sticking to the issues. And it's really easy to say that, but it's really hard to do when there's a lot of emotions happening. (laughs) It's very hard to do. And it is a constant 
I think to kind of keep moving and the, and working on yourself, like I went back into therapy just to kind of like, it's like a checkup now for me and it just to talk through feelings and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's nothing quite like being tethered to a person who you otherwise would not like, you know, see again and has, you know, possibly hurt you and all these things like emotionally more than you would expect and stuff like that. So it's, you have to work through a lot of things and just keep the kids and the focus. Like it's about the kids and them seeing you guys fight, you know, at handoff and things like that is not healthy for them. So they want to see. So we're just both like really working on like having that friendly exchange, which we're, we've had a lot of success with in the last few months. So it's good. That's so good. Yeah. We've really talked about this a lot in our family. It's like, when you move on and you get happy and you are content with your life, you really just stop giving a shit, right? Like all the other things you're like, I just don't have time for that. And I do feel like at the very beginning when the emotions are raw and everything is still like new and you're easily triggered and trying to figure like navigate, like that's when things can be extra challenging. But one of the big things Mm -hmm. I just want to share is communicate with your ex like you would a boss you don't really like. If you put it in that perspective, just like to the point you know, polite business, like get the information mm-hmm. out there and leave the emotions out of it. That's something yeah. that, you know, obviously easier said than done, especially if you're feeling triggered, but that's definitely, definitely helped in this household from time to time. I heard from some kind of divorce podcast that say, treat your ex like an, a fellow employee that's trying to get you fired. <laughs> that's a good one too. Like to kind of like, you know, I think it was more about narcissists, but like, I think that that's true. I think I've moved one step further in the direction of, I wouldn't say friendship, but can have a laugh or can share, oh my God, you know what our, this kid did today it has nothing to do with the logistics. And I think if you can actually get to that point and release the, uh, you know, the pressure valve a little bit it makes a big difference. You know, it's all a choice. You talked, you talked earlier about, you know, holy shit, like all the people don't know the whole story. And whenever I do tell people, they're just like, holy shit, but yeah, um, it's a holy shit story. Yeah. And it, there's, it's quite layered, but the thing is that I've really learned and I, so many people are like, I don't think I'd be where you are Joanna. I, I don't know if I would be able to handle that that way and all this stuff. And life is a choice. You know, there is room for, wallowing and I've had my really bad days and my really bad moments, but to not stay stuck, you have a choice and you can either, and I tell this to my kids a lot and there's, I've always been a very optimistic person and a very positive person. And I'm a very driven. I might actually, my goal is to like pump the brakes more and just stay very peaceful and calm and create space. I think I could be a little too much that way, but some people get so tempted to like take negativity and bad things that have happened to them in a bad mood and just like wrap themselves in it like a blanket and just stay stuck and stay because then if you're happier, if you move on and that person has won or something, but it's not true. Like you're winning if you're living and you're living your life and you are just like, well, you know what? That sucked a lot, but <laughs> it also made me like, like I take it as like, I'm so resilient. Like there's things that now happen in life and I'm like, I can handle it. I can handle I'm good. anything that comes my way now. But yeah, I've really, it's just a choice of being happy of being like, okay, well, what am I going to do next with life? Because there's so many, it's like a choose your own adventure and you can, it is yours. And 
as the cool thing about being a solo parent, I have to say, is I love being the decision maker. It is very nice, even though I'm very busy and I have to do all the things like I had to do all the leaves, do all the laundry, you know, shovel the driveway, garbage, all that stuff. I play all the, I'm all the roles, but it is really nice to not have to like be stressing about the fact that, Hey, that's that person's job and they're not doing it. Or they're not doing it the way that I wanted them to do it. Yeah. Like I'm just the captain of my own ship. I really like doing that. Yeah. And you just get on with life. Don't stay stuck. There's so much out there. I think there's two types of people when like something really hard happens, right? There's the type of people who let that define them and they stay angry and bitter for the rest of their life. Or there's the type of people who are like, take the lesson. What am I going to do to move forward? Like, you know, how, how do I rise above this? And they move on and it ends up being often one of the best things that's ever happened to them because it was the catalyst to the change that they were looking for. Yeah. I think like the best advice I give to people who are going through a separation and some people look at me like, but like start dating. Like I'm just talking about like meet people and like put yourself out there and just it very quickly will make you realize like, oh, there's a whole other world out there. And then when I met Ben, it just kind of like this can't be real. And then it is. And yeah. There's good stuff out there. I love how quickly it happens. Like if you find someone who you really want to be with and like life is super challenging and there's so much shit going on, but you're still like, yes, I still want to be with Mm -hmm. you. I think that's the best, right? Like Darren and I were very much like that. It was just, I look back and I'm like, whoa, that was actually really crazy how quickly we moved and all the things that we just weren't even Mm -hmm. phased by, but that's the best part of relationships Mm -hmm. like these, right? It's just like, you just, you're all in no matter what. Yeah, when you know, you know, and like- for us, like we had some, cause we did a lot of the lockdowns together and did some of the, like I was home with like five kids a lot of the time during some of the last winter's lockdowns and that was stressful, but yeah, like when it's the right person and you have enough of the good stuff, you know, of the making each other laugh or good advice or good community, just like a good companion. It's such a mm-hmm. game changer. Now, the last question I really wanted to dive into with you, but we had a conversation on Instagram where someone had said, I just don't understand. Like the ex doesn't want to talk to me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm with her kid and I find it odd that she doesn't want to have a relationship with me. And I've always said, some people want to have a relationship. Some people don't like, it depends on how you view things. Mm -hmm. You kind of came to me and said, yeah, like I don't have that desire either. And that's not anything like, it's just... Okay. So, so let me kind of paint a picture of my situation. So my kid's dad is in a relationship and it's with a person who I, it's fine. I really don't care, but I have no desire to get to know this person, no desire. Mm -hmm. And I've realized, so when we were splitting, we were still weirdly friendly with each other during that time. And when we were figuring things out for a bit, we really thought that like maybe when we were in new relationships that we, it would be cool and we'd all get to know each other and stuff. But when reality hits and other factors are at play, you tend to not feel the same way. Like I have, there is absolutely no part of me that wants him to interact with Ben and vice versa. We all are aware that there will be a situation where we'll be at some kind of graduation or something like that. And we'll be civil. I know all of us will be fine, but that doesn't have to be a relationship. Now, neither of us are living with our partner, but that will most likely change one day. And I don't know where we'll go from there, but I definitely don't feel, I don't feel like I owe 
that to his partner at all. I made it clear to him that I will never talk badly about this person to my kids. And there's never been a report back to me that anything to make me think she's not good with them. And that's all I need. I just need to know that's Mm -hmm. it. But other than that, it's about me communicating with him. And I have, there's just no desire. And I think that's a really good boundary too. That's been a really good boundary Mm -hmm. for me to put in place, which I, when everything started ending and I wasn't really in real life, I didn't think it would be a thing, but it is, it's a very important boundary. Yeah. And I think that's important to talk about. And I think it's important for us to be open about because that doesn't mean that you're not an effective co-parent or it doesn't mean that you don't want the best thing for your kids. I do think there's this pressure online for people in co-parenting relationships to have like the matching jerseys and the getting together on Christmas and having the kumbaya co-parenting. And it's not necessary and it's not always healthy, right? Like that's not right for everyone. Everyone has to be in that headspace to have that type mm-hmm. of relationship and it's not the best thing for everyone. And that's okay. And I think that like... Actually, it's so funny. The first version of our separation agreement had us all at Christmas morning together, which is crazy. And it's, I say it's crazy because I just like, that's just for, I can't speak for other people. I have to be very clear that I had a very specific demise of my marriage and, and th- the way things have unraveled, but we're in a good place now. I have to say that it, it's, so it's very specific to this. And this is what I've realized just really works is these very clear boundaries, but I don't owe that to her. I, I think that may, might be harsh for any, because I guess you're, we're talking to a lot of stepmoms out there. And I'm the, no, I'm but the this mom, is important. But it's important to hear. It's so easy for the mom to have feelings, especially about the fact that like this other woman is spending all this time with their kids. And I've had sometimes my younger ones be like, well, she reads books with me or often, and I'm just like, good for her. Like, I, I kind of am just like, that's great. Good for her. You know, and I move on. It's so important for the mom to be okay. I think that in not every situation, some are totally different, but like in a lot of the situations where uh, a marriage is ending, and I think a lot of the times it's a probably bigger transition for the mom. Maybe she wasn't working or maybe they have younger kids and they reside more with her, but it's so important for the mom to be okay because she has to take care of everyone and keep the boat afloat. And if she sinks, you're all screwed. And so that's the most important thing. So really it's probably not personal. Like I think that maybe a lot of stepmoms maybe think, oh, it's personal. She hates me. Why can't she, you know, talk to me? It's probably not about that at all. It's probably about the fact that the biological mom in the situation is just so focused on keeping her mental health and her whole world spinning and moving forward. She She's doling out so much more because she's probably being two parents too to these kids. She just doesn't have that extra capacity. And it's not her job to bring you in and and coddle you or make you comfortable. Now it's a bit of a different thing. Like if there's a situation one day where they're then living together and there's going to have to be a switch off, like some kind of exchange, then it will definitely just be like strict exchange. I have no desire to chit chat, but I don't think, I don't think I owe that person that, you know, and I think that, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing I would say is it's probably not personal. It's probably that the biological mom is just trying to make sure the oxygen mask is on herself And she just doesn't have the capacity. 
I love that. And I think that's so important and I couldn't agree more. Like, I think it's really important that my community hears that from an, a mom mm-hmm. too. Right. And I like what you said, you need to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. And I often say that like, sometimes there are people who want to have these relationships and they'll say, well, she's really great with me. And then someday she like is, is not embracing me and I don't know what to expect. And it's so hard. It's probably not personal. It's not personal. She's maybe just triggered that day. So here's a good book for everyone to read. It's called The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. It's a little woo-woo, but get through. It's an easy read. You can listen to the audio version. But there's a whole – one of the parts is all about not taking things personally. And I think that that is probably a huge chunk, even if there, if there has to be exchange between the biological mom and the stepmom. And maybe, like, it's not like, well, we were just, like, chit-chatting the other day and now she's icy. It's probably not personal. Like, just to kind of, like – you can't, you're probably not really on her radar. And if you are like, just kind of give her space. Like it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for a mom to, you know, know that their kid, like for any parent, I think vice versa too, to know that their kids who, you know, they grew, like I grew my twins in my belly till 37 weeks, four days. And like, I then had to, like, I raised four kids and now like, like I, like this other person's getting some credit for, you know, but you can't, it's not personal. You just need to kind of like, everyone has their moments. Everyone has their days. Everyone can, is allowed to have their feelings. And I think just like stay in your lane, focus on you and don't become too obsessed with that factor. Yeah. Agree. So good. So good, Joanna. Well, I'm so glad to see you doing so well. So where can everyone find you and information on the water cooler and all the things that you've got going on now? So the water coolers website is makeworkcool.com and run Instagram at the water cooler co. And then you can find me at nesting story on Instagram or anywhere else. And if you're a small or medium size, any size business, but we specialize in smaller, medium sized business and looking for some branding or some coaching or some support. We are your people. Mm-hmm. You are because you definitely built an amazing brand with nesting story. And it's actually been Thank a you. huge pleasure just watching you evolve. So thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms. www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.